podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being. Being well. Some of the topics are addiction, fear, faith, self-compassion, relationships, codependency, emotional intelligence, and more. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. All knowledge ultimately means self-knowledge. In ancient Greece, when the philosopher Socrates was asked to sum up what all philosophical commandments could be reduced to, he replied, know yourself. Self-knowledge matters because it is only on the basis of an accurate sense of who we are that we can make reliable decisions, especially around love and work. This was found on the School of Life website. Although my conversation with Howard Chaser, my guest today, was meant to be mainly around the topics of the natural foods business and organic foods, we expanded and talked about self-knowledge, spirituality, and philosophical ideas. Howard Chester was practically born into the natural foods business. His mother opened their natural food store, Jandis, when Howard was just nine years old. He later went on to earn a degree in accounting with minors in business administration and psychology. Howard joined his mother and brother full-time at Jandis in 1991. He also participated in the passing of the SHEA Dietary Supplement Health and Education Act of 1994. Howard's full biography can be found on fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Here is the interview with Howard Chesser. In your own words, who is Howard Chesser? Ooh. Howard Chasser is a very complex, uh, eclectic human being. Um, I have many, many, many interests. I, I guess it would all fall kind of under the, the heading of, of an interest in, in knowledge uh, of just almost every different kind. Um, it it's ties in, overlaps with my experience here in the world of health and health foods. I dabble in baseball cards. I like all kinds of music. Um, and, and I know I'm, I'm good in a lot of different trivia stuff because I just know a lot of meaningless details about a lot of different things. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, thank you. Before we begin talking about the natural foods business, 
I want to ask you a few questions. I call them warm-up questions, as I mentioned before. What is the world's greatest need, in your opinion? Hmm. What is the world's greatest need? Three things are coming to mind. Uh, one is accountability, uh, which I think is, is in very short supply today. Um, we're human beings, we make mistakes, and I, I think there's too many lessons being taught that it's, it's more important to try to avoid accountability than be accountable. Um, number two is compassion. Um, we live in a very, very, very diverse world, and uh, while there's certainly room for what I would see as a healthy selfishness, uh, uh, there also needs to be uh, an acceptance and understanding and, once again, more learning uh, about that diversity. It can be such, I think, such a beautiful thing and, and look so much different than it does today. Um, and what was the third one that just slipped my mind? <laughs> um, all right, I guess we'll leave it yeah. at those two for now. Sounds good. Um, let me try to understand better what compassion is. How do you define compassion? Compassion, it's, it's interesting. I, I've, I've spent much time thinking about all of these things. <laughs> it, it's a, an awareness of other that in many cases may be different and not needing to join them in who they are, what they are, what they think, but a, an acceptance that it's okay, uh, that I don't have to be right, that the answers that I might think I have aren't really answers. They're probably more questions. <laughs> and, and that other people have different answers and different questions. And uh, as far as I've learned so far, we don't get to find out in this mm -hmm. lifetime really who's right. So, um, so just making room for, for all of that. Uh, I, I just remembered the, the third thing, if you'd yeah. like me to share it. Sure, yes. <laughs> so, so the third thing, and it's, uh, it's the idea or, or an acceptance or looking at people. Um, and I don't want to get too into a religious bent here because this isn't really coming from a religious place, but mm. uh, really a God-centered place that, that there is a spark of God um, in each of us. Uh, and I think so many times that uh, when I see people speaking to other people, uh, I've slipped sometimes. I've certainly had people slip with me sometimes. You know, if, if there was a consciousness um, a belief, but obviously it starts with first that that, that is is accurate, uh, and then a consciousness that essentially we're in the presence of God with every person that we speak with. How differently would we speak with them? Wow, that's powerful. I like that a lot. So I guess I have uh, three questions, two questions for you based on, on what you just said. How is compassion different from love? Mm -hmm. <laughs> That would start with that would start with uh, an attempt at a definition of love, which I am not even going to try. Um, love is is in some way um, it's more of a connection. Um, I'll use that word. Where comp and compassion, there doesn't need to be uh, a connection. Uh, I can feel compassion for somebody I don't know. 
right. um, just hearing their story or knowing something about them um, or being just introduced and, and sharing a moment with them. Uh, love, I think, in a, in a very loose, broad way, just requires connection. That compassion mm-hmm. doesn't. I think that's the, the easiest way I would differentiate <laughs> them in my head. Right. Um, and you also mentioned God and how different it would be if we were in the presence of God when we're in the presence of human beings, of any human being. I love what you said. It's so, it so resonates with me. But I would like to understand more, wh- who is God to you? Uh-huh. <laughs> so God for me is a heck of a lot more questions than answers. <laughs> uh, I, uh, you know, to, to me, I guess in, in the time that I've spent thinking about it, um, I, I ask myself the question that I'm sure so many people wrestle with in their lifetime, like is or was God, <laughs> uh, did or does God, uh, and, and what if God did or does or is, <laughs> what is, is or was God, um, and, um, and I guess I kind of looked at it, I, I, boil, I try to boil stuff down, I try to take a look at kind of the options. So well, option one is, all right, there is no God, right? Maybe there isn't. And um, and in that case, we live in a godless world and, and everything is just completely random. Nothing matters. Um, there There is no, quote unquote, moral compass, you know, inside of us. Um, because where would that come from? What would that be attached to? What difference would anything make? Um and and in really working that through for myself, uh, the answer I came to is that's that's not possible. Um, not to say that that's accurate. I could be wrong, but right. this is the conclusion I came to for myself. Uh, that's not possible. So step two was was the contemplation of okay, you know, is was you know, does God still exist? How does God still exist? Did God manifest in some way? How did, you know? Oh, it's just like every time you you think you come to an answer, it just opens up twenty more questions. Mm, true. <laughs> uh, so 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 for me, I I where I say where I started the answer, I have a lot more questions than answers. I, I believe God did or does exist. I, I don't know which one. <laughs> Um, and, and I, I do believe that, that it's a, I still wrestle with kind of how to wrap my head around what I believe God to be, uh, or to have been, (laughs) um, uh, outside of, you know, and kind of in what I shared with you, I, I do believe that there's, there's some element, some piece of God in each of us. Um, and, um, yeah, I, I just, I, I relate to. Um, this idea, you know, part of part, uh, some personal experiences that, that happened to me that um, really, really, really made me struggle. Um, and what is, you know, if there is a God, right, then it begs the question, all right, so if I'm going to believe that there's a God, then God must want something from me. So what the heck is that? Like, what's my purpose? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's uh, my next um, question, really. <laughs> you know, they're, 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 uh, I think there's a very famous, there's a very famous Mark Twain quote of, uh, you know, what are the two most important days of your life? Uh, day one is the day you were born. Day two is when you figure out why. Right, right. <laughs> um, and um, I, I remember hearing... Um, some learning that um, that boiled the the essence of um, a religious concept uh, down to this idea of don't do to other people 
what you don't want done to you. Right. And it's very often, I guess, misstated as do unto others, uh, as you would have others do unto you. And if you think about it, those are two very, very different statements. And, um, and when I try to contemplate, all right, what does God want from me? What is God's will for me? Uh, I can't really look back to any point in my life where I can tell you very clearly I, I was acting in a way that felt like that was what God wanted from me. Mm-hmm. That said, I can tell you, sadly, that there have been moments in my life where I can tell you I very clearly was acting in ways that was not what God wanted for me. Right. <laughs> and, um, and it's amazing because like those stand out really clearly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and for that, I, you know, I, I kind of formulated for myself, so like, okay, well, maybe it's just about staying away from what I believe or understand God doesn't want from me, and everything else is kind of okay. Hmm. <laughs> you know, because- yeah, I like the way you simplified that. What do you think is the purpose and meaning of your life? Still figuring that out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. I haven't answered the question why yet. <laughs> right. uh, I I know I know a piece of it uh, is very clearly being a father to my my two beautiful children. Um, right. That they they changed my life, and uh, I uh, once again sadly went through a divorce uh, a few years ago, and uh, and it certainly wasn't a pleasant experience, but one I, I very very honestly say. I would go through that whole experience a thousand times over just to have my children brought wow. into this world. Wow! Um, it, it was it was just it's, it was a life changing experience. I know at least part of the purpose of my life. Um, I'd like to think, um, and and when I've contemplated this, there's a very well known book by Stephen Covey's uh, Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Uh, one of the habits is begin with the end in mind. And when I read that and thought about that and contemplated kind of what, what do I want my legacy to be? What do I want my, you know, how do I want to be remembered? Okay. And, uh, and I read later in some book something that just really resonated for me as far as an answer to that. I don't recall the book it came from, but uh, it was, I, I want to feel, or I want to know that the world um, was a little better place for my having been in it. Mm, wow. Yeah. That makes so much sense to me, what you said. It made me think about compassion and love, too, because you mentioned that love um, requires connection. So I'm wondering if mm-hmm. by having children, we connect th- to them to that level, personal level. Th- does it make us less compassionate toward others? I, I don't think the act of having children in and of itself um necessarily makes us more or less compassionate. Uh, I think there's probably the opportunity to grow greater compassion because there's certainly much more daily present challenges (laughs) with with raising children. Um, But I don't know that that everybody necessarily rises to the challenge. Mm. Yeah, that takes practice, wisdom, right? So many components patience awareness oh yeah patience right right so let's talk about natural foods one was like to be born into the natural foods business 
so I, I wasn't actually or technically born into it. Um, my mom started it when I was nine. And, uh, and the irony of it is, uh, prior to her being in the business, uh, we were not a particularly healthy eating family. <laughs> um, I, I was raised on, on fast food and fried food and junk food and, you know, was addicted to all of it, uh, like so many people. Um, and, uh, so, uh, when she did get into the business and things started to change pretty radically at home, what felt like almost overnight, uh, it was something that I big time rebelled against. I was not an easy kid when it came to food to begin with. And I think that's giving, put it, putting it rather nicely. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, I, all of a sudden, you know, steaks went to, to, turkey chops and my Wonder Bread sandwiches went to wheat bread sandwiches. And uh, as a nine-year-old kid uh, at that time, uh, that was back uh, 1976, uh, today it's a whole other world. But, you know, back then, I, I was the kid with the brown bread sandwiches at the lunch table. And, you know, people asking me, my, my peers almost every day, hey, how come your bread is brown? Um, and it was just a way that I really did not want to stand out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> It was very, it was very challenging, very challenging, um, both on a personal level because of, I guess, my my nature as a child, uh, as well as you know, in, in a more public persona in, in school where where I was the standout <laughs> um, because of my food. Hmm. Um, I guess my next question is about your mother. I'm very curious to know what motivated her to connect organic foods to healing. Yep. So it uh, it started. Um, my dad was uh, a bit older than my mom and uh, was hard of hearing um, and had worked for a uh, his company, I think, for 10 years, somewhere around like a long time. And uh, he was laid off in the in the recession of the 1970s, I think around 1974, 75 and um, and was desperately looking for. Uh, employment, being a little bit older and being hard of hearing, uh, and being that it was a recession, he was not successful in securing a, a job. And uh, at some point, um, he and my mom decided they were going to open a business. And um, and they started looking at different businesses. And I, I remember clearly them discussing, because uh, we they would take my brother and I with them sometimes even to look at places. Uh, the, one of the places they were looking at was a cookie shop. <laughs> and, and one of the places and one of the places they were looking at was an ice cream shop. Mm. And uh, and of course my brother and I were quite excited of either one. Yeah. <laughs> of course. And uh, unbeknownst unbeknownst to us, uh, what she shared later was her her idea in either in either of those cases was she was gonna do a healthier cookie. Uh, and she was going to do a healthier ice cream. Uh, at the time, I don't believe there were any stores that were actually open, health food stores that were open on Long Island where we lived. And she was talking to a family friend uh, as she used to tell the story and, and exploring, you know, wow, well, I'm looking at you know, this cookie business. I'm looking at the ice cream business. Uh, I think they were, there were a couple others that I don't remember as well. Uh, and she was explaining, you know, I want to do a healthier cookie and I want to do a healthier ice cream. And this person said to her, hey, why don't you open one of those health food stores? And the light bulb just went off. She, she just knew at that moment. <laughs> She's like, that's it. That's it. <laughs> that's what we're doing. <laughs> 
And, uh, and that's what she did. The name of the store was Jandis back then or Jandis, right? Jandis. It was Jandis back then. My my dad coined the the name. It is a uh, I forget the technical word, but it's a combination of their names. The J in Jandis stands for Judy, which was my mom. Then there's the word and, and the I in Jandis uh, stands for my dad's name, Irving. So it's J and I's or Jandis. Yeah, that's so amazing. It's simple, really simple. And it doesn't sound uh, like an American name. When I heard it, I thought about Indian. I don't know why it kind of uh, triggered me to think about in, an Indian name, but very interesting. Um, talk to me about Judy's influence in creating awareness about this connection again of eating healthy and healing. So... I guess if you talk to a lot of people who she worked with, and she probably worked with thousands of people over the years that she was here, um, she she was kind of known as everybody's mother. <laughs> um, you know, she she would shoot really straight and sometimes pretty intense with people, and um, most people responded really well to that um, because change is not an easy thing, and and most of the time she was telling people they need to change. Um, so she would say it pretty strongly. <laughs> that is good for you. That's, you know, stop, stop doing that. Do you want to die? Like, what, you know, what do you, <laughs> you want to get well? forward? <laughs> oh yeah. She, she was, she was a personality and, and a powerhouse. Um, and, uh, you know, for a handful of people, it wasn't for them, but, um, for most people, clearly it was. And, and she really changed and saved a lot of lives. I, ironically, it's like so ironic that we're talking today because literally about an hour ago, I got a call uh, out of the blue <laughs> from a woman named Sandy who's now down in Alabama who moved out of state, I think she said about 16 years ago, and somehow just passed by Jandy's name and, and called up and wanted to see if, if she didn't even know mom had passed, uh, which is back in 2008, um, and was sharing with me how how you know, Judy changed her life and changed her husband's life that she, she just, uh, in her life, uh, had a bout of thyroid cancer and attributes, uh, some of the, uh, methodologies that she learned here about, about eating better and taking better care of herself and, uh, just being more nutritionally prepared, uh, to, to helping her get through that. Right. Wow. That's incredible. Her influence still goes on. That makes sense to me because when you transform people's lives, that's what happens. You're never forgotten. I want to talk to you about your experience eating healthy. What are the benefits, the major health benefits have you experienced by eating organic and vegan foods? So I, I guess I want to start by uh, making clear I did not want to eat this way to start <laughs> right I, resistance nail for years uh, you know my mom pushed and i pushed back <laughs> uh and um that said i i did finally come around and and i did start playing what i like to call food guinea pig uh with trying a lot of different types of diets you know vegetarian and vegan and organic and and just uh 
raw. Uh, you know, I've experimented with a lot, uh, juicing, not juicing, wheatgrass juice. And uh, in terms of benefits that I've experienced along the way, it's been life changing. You know, had I not, had I kept pushing hard the other way, I, I really honestly believe I wouldn't be here speaking with you today um, because I used to eat that poorly. And um, when, when I really started eating what I would call optimally, I had a mental clarity that I never knew before or after. I was sleeping less and I didn't need to sleep more. Um, I had as much energy as I knew what to do with. Um, my skin, um, which is not bad to begin with, but it was a whole other level of clear and smooth and vibrant. Um, it, it just, the, the, the number of different subtle changes, you know, I, I mentioned, I think first the mental clarity, uh, it's a little, if you haven't experienced it, it's almost hard to explain. <laughs> Um, because I'm, I, I have a pretty good head on my shoulders, uh, but it was just a whole other level. <laughs> right. right, and it is. Now um, I know about that. What about your children? Have you taught them to eat um, organic and appreciate healthy foods, some vegan foods? I am in process uh, <laughs> as they're still only 10 and 12. Um, but yes, from the time they were very young, uh, there are certain things that uh, I didn't expose them to as they grew uh, and they got exposed. So yes, I started teaching them. Uh, and I really try to lead by example. You know, I, I look back, it's, uh, it's an interesting thing because uh, to my own childhood where my mom tried to introduce this stuff to me and um because I was so uninterested uh, in it and just wanted to eat all the junk, uh, she pushed real hard. I pushed real hard back, and it became a whole other thing. It was like an emotional power struggle that became a problem in and of itself between Shay and I. And I didn't want to bring that to my children. So uh, I have, above all else, tried to teach them the importance and value of choice, uh, that good choices are not always easy to make. Um, but we always end up better for them and, uh, and lead by example. Uh, so I, I, one of the most valuable things one of my children ever said to me, that's probably about three or four years ago, out of the blue, he asked me the question, you know, Hey dad, how come you almost never get sick? <laughs> um, because, because I don't, I, I, you know, I don't get sick very often. Very, very rare thing these days. And it's another, um, benefit or bonus of, of eating well. Um, and before I even had an opportunity to answer, he answered. He said, ah, it's because you eat all that healthy food. So to me, like, there's probably nothing more valuable I can give him because therein he understands the choice. Yeah. Like most human beings, doesn't always make the right one, myself included, <laughs> but he gets it. He gets it, and he'll have the tool to to be able to, as he grows up, understand that he has choices to make. Right. Yeah. And some of them are going to help him feel better, and some of them are not going to help him feel better. Yeah, I like that uh, education, understanding being the foundation, right, for making better choices in life. Right. Yep. And where, where they're interested, we have deeper conversation. You know, they do ask a lot of great questions. Mm, yeah, we should. I should have have invited them for the uh, for the podcast today. Um, so, yeah, this question I had not thought about before, but came to mind now. So I'm going to ask you. 
Um, what would you say to Judy, your mother, if she was listening to you right now? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mom, I am sorry. So sorry for all the agita I caused you. <laughs> <laughs> over 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 so many years around food and uh and thank you so much for caring so much to to push so hard and uh eventually uh it led me to the opportunity to uh to learn and um and thank you for the gift of of the legacy that you left um because it's uh it's so beautiful like even the conversation that I referred to that I had today uh it lit me up put a smile on my face, you know, going back to the idea of the, the, the difference that I want to have made in the world, that the world's a little better place for my having been in it. Like my mom made that difference. My mom made that difference. Beautiful. Yeah, that's beautiful. So my last questions to you, I call this whatever comes to mind. Um, the first one is, uh, how do you define success? What is success to you? Success to me is a combination of doing the best I can to live aligned with my integrity, uh, to teach that specifically as a value to my children and to have left the world a little better for my having been in it. I like that. What is to be strong? What is it to be strong? To be strong, I think, is to be able to go through whatever life's challenges uh, are in front of you. And I have yet to meet a person who hasn't had them. Uh, they certainly vary in degree and intensity from different people. Uh, so I suppose some have it, have it better and some have it worse. So I don't love those adjectives as descriptors. Uh, but uh, that to be strong is to be able to, to walk through uh, the challenges that life puts in front of you, uh, aligned with your integrity and, and willing to move forward. Uh, my next question, what was the hardest lesson to learn about yourself in life? I think it's, uh, it's like a two part answer. Um, the further connected, uh, the first part is that I'm imperfect. Um, I, uh, I think I was raised to a degree uh, with this idea that I could do anything and it could be anything, this, this perfectionistic ideal. And, um, and I caused myself and sadly some other people some pain um, as a result of trying to do that rather than embracing my human imperfection. Um, so, um, so I'm imperfect. And, um, and the other um, powerful lesson connected to that is that that's the part of each of us that people embrace. <laughs> people, don't, people don't want to know perfection because nobody's perfect. And so people, when we try to put ourselves out there as that, it's, it creates more distance than connection. Uh, when we're, when we're willing to share, when I, I've learned, I learned in my life, you know, when I was willing to share about my imperfection, um, that helped facilitate connection with people, real connection. And it was amazing. Yeah. It makes so much sense to me. What is self-love to you? I guess it's, uh, it's connected to acts of self-care, 
which on the surface sounds pretty basic and simple, but in my experience and in speaking with many, many people, uh, as I have here at Chandy's, um, the, the actual small acts of self-care on a daily basis are not always easy things for people. Um, and there's, there's certainly a large number of possibilities for self-sabotage that a lot of people execute on a lot more quickly than self-care. So I, I think self-love, a piece of it is, is definitely about um, self-care, starting with the, some of the smallest acts. Uh, it could be taking a shower. It could be buying a new pair of socks. Um, you know, it could be spending a day with a loved one or even spending five minutes with a loved one, um, which is both a connection with them as, as well as self-love because we need that too. Um, self-love, self-love, self-love. Um, it's, it's not allowing ourselves to remain in situations or in relationships, right? Once again, the focus on the negative, right? Moving away from the negative. Uh, not a lot, not allowing ourselves to to stay in relationships and and in situations uh, where we're being brought down um, emotionally or physically or you know in in any way that's that's really not uh, aligned with with our integrity, with our growth, with our our vibrance in the world. What is another word for healing? Hmm. I, I'm not sure why or where this is coming from, but uh, what's what's in my head in response to that is the word love. <laughs> mm, love. Yeah, that resonates too. If you knew you would die soon, I usually say connect with losing the body. Would you make any change about your life? Um. Yeah. I. I mean, I would kind of stop what I was doing uh, in terms of work, particularly. Uh, and go and spend as much time um, with my children. I have a couple of close friends, uh, my brother, um, as uh, as time as I had left, my niece, my nephews. Right. Anything else that you would do? Um, finish a book I started. <laughs> you did. What is the book about? Um, so the working title uh, is Self-Sabotage and the Art of Blame. Mm, right, and it's it's uh, kind of deals with the psychological and emotional overlay of um, some of the decisions we make. Uh, a large piece of it is is food based, tied into my experience here, um, but kind of it, it crosses over a lot of different lines um, and um, really gets to the core of of how we tend to make decisions to hurt ourselves and then blame other people for it as as an excuse to do so. Mm, we just talk about self love. Right. Yeah. There might be the lack of self-love and self-knowledge. Uh, I think it's a little more complicated than that. <laughs> oh, but it is? yeah, there's there's a piece I of that. I have to yeah. schedule another interview <laughs> about that book then. <laughs> I would love to actually. That would be very interesting because I write about these things too. Cool. Um, do you believe in life after death? I don't know. Um, it's something I have definitely contemplated. Uh, I, I want to say as far as I've gotten in that thought or, or belief, um, till today is, um, I certainly have a lot of room for the possibility and I've experienced a couple of things in my own life with the passing of my mother and the passing of my grandfather and my grandmother, uh, that indicate to me that there is likely something after this life. Um, what that looks like, how that manifests, I have no idea. I, I don't have a firm. Cool. 
And my last question, what are three things about life you know for sure as of today? Mm. Number one would be um, the juxtaposition of seeing on some level in the sea of people in the world that um, my existence is insignificant and at the same time uh, knowing the statistical improbability of my existence that my life matters. Number two, I know about life. For sure. <laughs> um, that I consider myself blessed a thousand times over and incredibly grateful to have my children uh, to, to be, be given the responsibility of being a father to them. Uh, and three, what I know for sure about life? And it's really, really, really important to have as much fun as we can. Mm. Yeah. Enjoyment. Wow, it has been a meaningful conversation, Howard. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Yeah, thank you. Where can we find more information about you, your work, your coming up book, um, services, if any, projects? Um, well, I'm, I'm kind of in the shadows right now. <laughs> I, uh, I, I'm at Jandy's on a regular basis. I don't yet have a, uh, a website for, for any of the stuff that we've talked about. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I guess right now the easiest place to find me would be at Jandy's. <laughs> Great. Um, is there an email that you want to leave for the audience just in case? Um, sure. Um, it's Howard. H-O-W-A-R-D, Chasser, C-H-A, double S is in Sam, E-R, then the number one, at gmail.com. Wonderful. Thank you so much again, and I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Thanks, Valeria. Thank you. Bye for now, Howard. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Howard Chester, please visit gendis.com. J-A-N-D-I-S dot com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. I want to thank the Patreon members, Lawrence McGrath, Mark Basden, Terry Clayton, and Aidan Vickrock. Thank you again for listening, and bye for now. <laughs>